Hi there, welcome to my podcast. So this episode is me reading out loud an open letter that I've written to Pope Francis. And this is because recently I've read in the news that he has been contacted by a world leader um, who asked him to condemn Israel's right to self-defense. And I've been following closely this issue. And I've decided today to put my point of view in an open letter to the Pope. So um, you can also read it on uh, saravanessawxx.com. If you scroll down, you will see a tab that reads blog. And then uh, underneath it, you will find um, a post that reads open letter to Pope Francis or uh, Pope Francis open letter. So it's right there. You can read it if you are more of a reader. If you are more of a listener, then I'm going to read it out loud to you. Feel free to disagree and feel free to express your opinions and points of view. I just ask that you do so in a respectful way. I'm not here trying to offend anyone. And so I wouldn't like anyone to offend me either. All right, so let's get started. Dear Pope Francis and Catholic Church in the Vatican, It is with profound concern that I write this open letter to you. I do believe that you, as a representative of the Catholic Church, are too shocked by the emotional, psychological, and physical violence displayed locally and worldwide against people who have been trying to be and thrive for more than 3,000 years. The Israeli-Amas conflict is, to say the least, concerning to humanity for what it means and represents. Israel is well known for its drive in becoming the best they can be. However, their intentions and actions prove not to be enough to fight the greater evil, terrorism. Terrorism's tentacles spread around the world and their attacks are known to be directed against innocent civilians in an attempt to have us all living in fear. It is unfortunate that there are schools teaching children at very young age how to indulge in feelings of hatred towards other people simply because they have different beliefs or different goals. As a woman who was raised Catholic and has studied all years of Catholicism, I understand that it is one of Christian Church's principle to support peace, calm, avoiding conflict by all means. When asked about how to distinguish bad trees from good, Jesus replied, By the fruits you shall know the tree. The devil was himself a fallen angel with a grandiose aspiration of competing against God. I've always asked myself, why does God allow evil? To conclude that in doing so, God is teaching us about the power of choice. As human beings, we have been granted the power of free will and choice, which allows us to distinguish between good and evil. I do believe that neither Israelis nor Gaza residents are fans of terror. We read on the news for many years now about stories of people being sequestered by terrorists, uncalled attacks in different places of the world, and other horrific actions. 
It has always been a part of my perception, the assumption that terror in itself could and should never be accepted, implying that humanity stands, by definition, against it. Certain headlines and online stances have in these past days shocked me as they clearly show a distortion in what Israeli authorities have repeatedly affirmed, that Israel's fight is against terror located in Gaza, not against Gaza people. I am not sure why headlines try to portray the distorted intention. However, I do believe that somehow those writing them do not do it on purpose, but as a consequence of what at first sight might appear to be. I write to you this open letter as an outsider, as someone that, although not located in Israel, has been following this issue closely, as someone who allows herself to have an opinion, not as an expert or insider, but as an outsider who cares. Recently, I read in the news that you have been asked by a world leader to condemn Israel in its right to self-defense from more than 3,100 rockets fired against it in the past eight days. So, I would like to appeal to you, if you choose to do so, to also condemn appeals for violence against Jewish people, Israeli people of all religions, that are constantly exposed to discriminatory bullying, harassment, despise for their ancestry and tradition, threats, teaching that has as major objective to instigate young people to grow up to end Jewish people's lives while calling at the same time for the end of Israel. It is well known that the land of Israel is sacred to three major religions in the world, Judaism, Christianism, and Islam. I feel proud that Christians have not been a part of any dispute over Holy Land and saddened that this conflict keeps going for too many years now. It is known from history that for more than three times there's been international community appeals to end any conflict and possible solutions have been drafted and presented to both Israeli and Palestinian people. These have been approved by Israel representatives several times, while vehemently disapproved by Palestinian people representatives. I am left wondering if this stance truly represents Palestinians as a people or only a narrow percentage of them. It seems that, through time, one side is interested in ending this ongoing conflict, while the other side continuously disapproves any poss possibility of ending it. I would like to ask you that in case you decide to condemn one side of this equation in its fight against terror, that you please do also condemn those who incite it, who constantly threaten Israel and wish for its end, who constantly threaten its people of all religions and ethnic backgrounds, who incite violence against Jewish people and Israelis on social media, who teach young people to hate others because they believe differently. In my understanding, these social behaviors would be completely unacceptable in other places of the world. Many other places of the world would not carry this burden of living under these conditions without voicing their disagreement regarding them. 
If we are to believe that God created us all, it's only logical to assume God also created and allowed our differences. In my personal point of view, to teach us about tolerance, acceptance towards others in our eternal inner aspiration of learning how to unconditionally love all creatures, not to teach us how to hate others or develop within us feelings fueled by hatred, hate, indulgence in conflicts as a means to a living. Terrorism may look like a regional issue, but we are to be concerned that in fact is a global issue that includes people who look up to psychotic individuals that last century killed millions of Jewish people for reasons historians are still trying to find. It implies that no one is ever safe. Our internet is not safe. Current living generations are not safe and future ones aren't neither. Internationally recognized terrorist organizations have proven to possess developed ways of operating. We cannot discard the hypothesis that these malefic people are also in our computers and phones, making us vulnerable to their malicious intentions. Recently, we have watched all across Europe public displays of racist comments against Jewish people, which leave us pondering about the future of Europe. You, as a representative of the Catholic Church, have an influential voice. In case people of other religions call upon you to condemn a nation of people who are trying to defend themselves from the threat of terrorism, and if you feel that to do so is your duty as a Pope, I would like to invite you to think that it might be also your duty to condemn people who teach kids how to hate instead of how to love, how to indulge in hatred instead of seeking to understand others, how to bully instead of cooperating, how to stab others instead of holding them. I believe that you will look at the present issue in a broader sense, focusing on the big picture. Through history, Israelis have been attacked in numerous times by neighboring countries that verbally express their desire in ending it. People from Israel belong to their land. They are one of the most ancient peoples on earth, passionately trying to create a nation of their own, to thrive with their own resources and ingenuity. A nation of people who have never started a war, but keep having to defend themselves from attacks. I ask you, Pope Francis, that if you choose to condemn these people for defending themselves, this country for defending its citizens, that you also condemn those who perpetuate this conflict through distorted education and social media incitement. Thank you for representing Catholics in the world. I hope your wisdom surprises us, that you choose what is fair, reasonable, and rooted in goodwill and faith. Best regards, Sarah. So, my dear listener, this has been an open letter that I've written to Pope Francis uh, following the news that I've just mentioned of a world leader asking him to condemn Israel in its right to self-defense. So, um, you can follow me on Twitter. You can check my website if you prefer to read. I will be back uh, to record more episodes about relevant and important topics in our world. Bye-bye now and thank you for listening.
welcome to my podcast. So um, today I want to talk a little bit about um, the reality of the world right now, which is something that interests me very, very much. And I know that a lot of people are interested in this topic as well. And so I hope that uh, maybe one day we can exchange ideas and just, um, I don't know, <laughs> work on some um, awesome projects. So um I want to talk about uh, resilience and the inner strength that comes um, many times when uh, people have to live or people grow up in environments that really don't support them in some way. So I want to say this because uh, in in this I will share a little bit of my experience. So just in two minutes, um, right now, how can I explain this? Because this is a life process. But uh, right now, I'm good with all my life. I mean, um, I don't uh, have any bad feelings. Um, but still, I feel that I was born in the wrong place. And I'm going to explain why. So I love my family and um, I love them just like truly and dearly. Um, but um, ever since I was born, the way I think somehow does not match the way people think around me. And so I grew up in a country that has a specific ideology and has their own ideas and um, I always felt that I was somehow um, just thinking constantly in different terms. And um, <clears throat> what this means is um, I've always been kind of popular in school. People knew me, people liked me. Um, they, I think that people believe and feel that I am a good person. And so um, in terms of emotions, I've always had friends and I've always uh, had people who liked me and looked up to me, uh, which to me was um, a compliment. And it was like, <laughs> it was a good feeling. But at the same time, in terms of ideas, in terms of um, what I stand for, or what I think it's right or wrong, um, there has always been a, a kind of a distance. And so one of the aspects of human beings is that we want to find people or we feel good among people who think like us. And there is a reason for that. It because it creates a feeling and an emotion of understanding. And understanding to me is just uh, one synonym for um, loving each other's. Um, and when I say loving each other's is more on a humanity, a sense of loving, not in a romantic sense. So um, that expression, loving one another. And so what I mean by this is um, people probably cannot uh, imagine how, um, how puzzling and at the same time struggling uh, my teenagerhood was because um, I knew that my parents loved me, my family loved me, I knew that uh, my friends loved me, but I constantly felt misunderstood. 
And this feeling um, of lack of intellectual compatibility, and I'm not saying, when I say lack of intellectual compatibility, I don't mean that people, that I'm saying, oh, I was so smart and people were dumb. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that people's beliefs were not um, the same as mine. And so there was constantly... Um, a feeling of I I felt that I always had to defend myself um, and explain everything I was saying because what I was saying or my ideas were not compatible with the ideas of people around me. So many times they just didn't understand what I was um, meaning or what I was talking about. <clears throat> Now, everybody knows that I love emotional awareness and it's also called in business and in entrepreneurship and in leadership and in um, speaking, public speaking is called as emotional intelligence. So the expression emotional intelligence, once again, it comes from psychology and it's a term or it's an expression because it's two terms um, that means the ability to understand emotions <clears throat> in us and in others. And then the ability to, for example, in um, rough situations to find a, a solution that benefits all. So that's the definition of it. I want to say this because I know that in English, um, in Latin languages, that doesn't happen. Um, in Latin languages, when we want to refer to someone as very smart, we say they are very intelligent. So that's the word we use. We say, oh my God, that lady is so intelligent or that man is so intelligent. We don't say clever and we don't say smart. Now, in um, I don't know about in UK or Australia if people use it this way or in New Zealand or other English-speaking countries, but I know that uh, in the US, um, the word intelligence many times is associated with um, investigation, police, and um, all those institutions. <laughs> so I just want to say that emotional intelligence, the expression has nothing to do with it. Although I don't know if those people use it or not, but the expression itself refers to um, a type of intelligence, which is emotional. Because We, as human beings, are defined as intelligent beings. Everybody is intelligent, meaning it has the ability and the capability of using intellectual functions in a creative way, analytical way, linear way, and many different uh, ways, and many other different ways. So just uh, making sure that everybody understands when I speak about this expression. And so... Um, I think that everybody knows that I'm passionate for this. I'm really, really passionate. And when I look back, I see that my life has actually um, made me passionate for this. Because at the beginning, it was very, very struggling. And so I want to just share in this podcast a little bit of my experience and then uh, use it to um, motivate people who are used to not being understood or who are in environments or who have surroundings that uh, many times make them feel as if they are uh, the outsider or as if they are they don't belong where they are or as if they 
um, are different or wrong. So I'm going to talk about that. All right. So uh, just uh, explaining a little bit of my life trajectory so that people understand why I'm so passionate for this. Um, right now, I'm good with the um, feeling that um, other people don't understand me. I'm good with that. Meaning I've built some resilience on the fact that I understand that sometimes people don't understand me, don't understand what I say or don't understand why I do what I want to do or um, my dreams or my aspirations. And for a long, long time, because as human beings, we always seek to be understood by others because it feels nice. It really feels good to be understood. We are like, ah, this person understands me. I feel so happy. And so um, people need to understand that I grew up feeling misunderstood. And I know that people can imagine how that feels like, but um, imagination does not grasp at the veracity or at the um, intensity of a feeling and uh, an emotional pattern. So um, if people want to imagine how it was, basically, I was constantly explaining myself. I constantly had this feeling that I had to defend myself from everybody around me. And I mean everybody. Um, because if I didn't, uh, somehow people around me would just say something that would be very hurtful for me. And I would feel crushed <laughs> and or um, people around me would have um, a behavioral pattern that uh, would uh, cause me some emotional um, distress um, because they were either like the silent treatment or they were either upset with me because of something I've said. And I was thinking to myself, I remember being a kid and thinking to myself, what did I say wrong? I didn't say anything wrong. This is what I believe in. So I've never been a rude person, meaning calling names to other people or speaking evil towards them or about them. And so it was not that. It was just that simply sometimes when we share our beliefs and they are different from people around around us, somehow there's not everybody reacts this way, but somehow there's people who react to it um, very intensively and very negatively. They feel offended. It's like um, if someone says, I love this color and you say... and no, this is not the best color in the world. You know, the best color in the world is this one. And they feel offended by it. They're like, how can you say that? This is the best color in the world. I know this is the best color in the world. I cannot believe you say that. And so um, maybe explaining this will make people understand a little bit of my personality. So for a lot of times, I just chose not to say what I thought at all when I was growing up to avoid uh, that type of confrontation. So I grew up learning how to avoid things, meaning um, I'm great at avoiding everything, which means if I see that someone is walking down the streets and is going to argue with me about something, I mean, this is just a hypothesis. This is just like a, a theoretical um, example. 
um, I will cross the street, I will leave, I will just go the other way. And um, sometimes I think that this behavior, I'm trying to mend it and I'm trying not to apply it so much in my life. Um, sometimes this behavior maybe comes across as why is she avoiding everything in her life? <laughs> Um, and it is because um, of this growing pattern that I had. Because when I was growing up, I felt alone, completely alone. And uh, in terms of beliefs and in terms of um, what I was trying to say intellectually, not in terms of um, emotional support. So my family has always been very supportive of me. They've always loved me and I felt loved. I just did not feel understood. And so um, I grew up many times avoiding any type of uh, just verbal disagreement or any type of verbal confrontation. Not because I thought um, if there is a win or lose in verbal disagreements, it's not because I thought or I think that I would lose an agreement if people think in those terms. It's because the emotions it makes me feel they are just not my uh, preferred emotions. What I mean by this is, I'm a person who puts people before disagreements. So to me, it's more important to have harmonious relationships around me than to actually engage in a disagreement. Now, this does not mean that if I need to, or that if it's something unacceptable, that I will not jump in and stand up for what I believe and uh, put up a verbal disagreement. So what I mean by this is um, when I usually to me is unfairness. When I see that something is really unfair, I jump in. I don't even think. I jump in and I say what I think and I stand for what I say and I stand for what I think and I stand for what I feel. But what I mean is, usually in daily life, it's not the way of living for me. Meaning, I'm not every day trying to put up verbal disagreements with other people. So this is just to explain people why sometimes I'm um, uh, speaking about the things that I speak. I um, Sometimes I feel that I understand other people emotionally and I understand a part of their feelings. I cannot say all of them because, um, well, that would not be possible. But um, I understand sometimes certain behaviors that people have from an emotional uh, point of view. And I think that I do because um, somehow there is some type of uh, compatibility in the way that I, um, in the way that I felt or in the way that I feel sometimes. So what I mean by this is um, unfairness just makes me snap. What I mean by this is I cannot stand it. And uh, if people don't understand why I'm so vocal and why I'm so verbal for more than two years speaking about the internet, it's because of that. I find the internet a very unfair medium. It's unfairness. And it's unfairness that is being rooted in our daily lives. It's unfairness that is being, um, is becoming a part of our lives. Now, 
I don't know if people have the same aspirations as me. I look up to people who I believe act right. And I believe that um, acting right um, requires inner strength, but at the same time, it requires some type of um, analysis of the environment and analysis of what's going on in a way that um, propels the right decision. And then decisions precede actions, right? So um, I am just obsessed with acting right. I just um, have this obsession ever since I was a kid. Um, I've read several spiritual uh, books. Um, I love spirituality in a sense, not so much the esoteric or the metaphysical spirituality. I like that spirituality that um, applies to life. Um, that type of those spiritual masters that speak about uh, how to live our lives as, for example, a warrior of spirit. Now, warrior is a name that has um, some type of aggressiveness connotation to it. Um, and um, here in this context, because this has a context, in this context of a warrior of spirit or warrior of life, there was... Um, There was a Brazilian um, writer, very famous, Paulo Coelho, and he wrote once a book about the warriors of light, which would be, why do people say warriors? So I want to explain this a little bit. People say warriors because they are constantly fighting their own ego. Now, some people think about this word in just going outside and being conflicting with others, but that's not the meaning of this word in spirituality. So in spirituality, basically, uh, people have, and in religions as well, people have a fight all their lives. And what is that fight? Um, that fight is between uh, good and evil or good and bad. And what is that in ourselves? That would be our authentic self and our ego. So ego is not a bad guy in our lives, but is a, a part of us that is constantly um, just um, has the tendency to distort things simply because it wants to prevent us from, uh, for example, being hurt or from, for example, um being ashamed or something like that. So ego has all these kind of emotions that is, is like an alter person uh, that we have. And all of us have, which is our authentic self is who we are. Our authentic self has all that righteousness and all that correctness. But if we are to monitor ourselves, I mean, I'm constantly monitoring myself because I'm an introvert and that's what introverts do. We are obsessed with monitoring ourselves. I don't like monitoring anyone else, though. <laughs> It's just me. But um, so if we are to monitor ourselves and this ties into the emotional intelligence passion that I have, um, I believe that in order for a person to achieve some type of goals and accomplishments in life in terms of emotional intelligence, people need to know how to monitor themselves, which means we are paying attention to our own emotions and to our own feelings and thoughts and beliefs. And if we start doing that in life, we are going to um, just 
come across a lot of beliefs and a lot of thoughts that we have that are actually not correct. So human beings, I don't know exactly how many thoughts we have per day, but we have a lot of thoughts and a lot of thoughts are not correct. And especially when we are emoting about something, a lot of thoughts actually are incorrect because they are tainted by that emotion that we are feeling. So what does this all mean? Um, It means that many times um, when we believe in every single thought we have, um, we are we stop being authentic and we actually become a different um, a different form of ourselves. And by form, I don't mean shape or anything like that. I mean, like we become um, it's still us, but it's not the authentic us is a little bit distorted from the authenticity. Now, I know that the word distortion is um, a little bit offensive. I don't like it that much, but I don't have any other word for what I mean right now. And so what this means is um, the fight of a warrior of light or the fight of a spiritual warrior, like spiritual masters usually refer um, to, is about um, us in our authenticity fighting our own ego. And what is ego and what is authenticity? Well, for people who are uh, Christian, they can um, draw an equivalence in Christianity, which would be the fight between good and evil. And if people remember uh, Jesus, um, what he said, he would say that uh, um, the issue of choice and the main um aspect regarding choice is between choosing um, what is good and what is bad. And so people can think, okay, that's a very broad concept, but what does that mean in real life? Because I think I'm always choosing right. And I'm, I think I'm always choosing for the best. And that is where it gets tricky, but it's just so, I love these things. I mean, I, I just love, love, love these topics. I don't even know their names, but I love them. And so what I've been noticing and what I found out is that there is a, a tiny a little detail that goes into all of this in our own lives. So I hope that you take this uh, podcast as a self-growth and self-development inspiration and motivation and that uh, maybe you uh, choose to look at yourself and your life in a different way. I don't know who listens to my podcast. I really don't. But uh, whoever does, thank you so much. And I hope that you take value out of this. So there is a tiny detail that connects good and evil. And that tiny detail is the choice, right? But that choice is tied into what? Into something that evil or bad, and these are religious concepts. If you don't like the words, you can replace them by any other words that you find more appropriate. Um, so the choice, how... If we were constant, let's imagine that we were constantly as human beings focused on good, then there would be no choice. Because if we were constantly focused on good, we wouldn't have to choose anything or between anything. 
So why do we have to choose constantly between um, two opposites or between a, a plethora of different options and we are focused on choosing the right one, the best one? Um, well, I don't know if people uh, are going to understand what I say, but I, I truly believe, and it's more than a belief, um, there are... I don't know how to say it without sounding woo-woo. <laughs> so there are different energies in this world. There are. And I can attest it in my life. I'm going to say this, um, and it's, it's very deep. Um, as soon as I started speaking about God in my life, as soon as I started saying and telling people that I wanted to uh, be a public speaker, that I wanted to be a faith healer, that I wanted to speak of God and uh, speak of how we can see God in science, how we can see God in philosophy, how we can see God in our lives. And people may refer to God as nature, cosmos, universe, life. It doesn't matter. I don't think God, life, nature, cosmos, universe, mind, with the word we use to refer to them. But as soon as I've said that, my life became a hell. I'm not joking. I am not joking. Um, I've always been a person who um, had some type of, I mean, a good life, meaning in I've, I've never been, I've never had bad luck. And as soon as I said um, on Twitter, on Instagram, on my podcast back then, that I wanted to stand up for what was right, that I wanted to share the word of God, that I wanted to um, make people understand how they can see their own authenticity in their lives, which I believe is a good intention, which I believe is a good purpose and has good meanings. My life became a hell. I am not joking. And um, I've listened to some YouTube uh, um, preachers and uh, priests, and I've understood uh, one of them spoke about this. Uh, one of them said that uh, there is an energy in our world that operates in ways that we cannot perceive and it's negative it's really really negative now i've never seen that before because as a scientist people need to understand that i question everything that's what scientists do so to me to believe in something i need to either have an experience of it or i need to understand it and understand why that belief would be the way it is um, I'm not like a, a straight believer. I don't believe in things just because someone tells me. I'm kind of, I question things. And that comes from science, obviously. And so what I mean by this is I've seen in my life that happening. I mean, it happened for some years. Um, it happened and fortunately, I think I'm out of it. And it was an energy. It was, uh, I call it darkness. It was some kind of dark energy. Now I call it dark because that's usually how people refer to it. 
um, dark as in opposition to light and dark as in bad and evil and light as in good and prosper and uh, virtuous. And so um, there was a dark energy in my life, like a, a dark cloud constantly raining on me. You know, if people remember cartoons, there's uh, sometimes how do people uh, represent bad days is always like a dark cloud raining on someone. And I have to say that uh, for many times, I thought I just my life would always be like that. And so I thought to myself, I have no way of fighting this. I don't even know what this is. It's just everything goes wrong. Everything was going wrong in my life. Um, everything. And now um, at those moments, it was very hard to believe. And that's what I felt. It was very, very hard for me to believe there was that my God was watching me over that um, there was a, a certain type of uh, higher intelligence in this universe that was watching over me. Because what I felt was, if I am your daughter, right? Because usually people refer to God as our father in heaven, right? So if I am your daughter, how do you allow this to happen to me? How do you allow all this kind of bad luck? I didn't do anything wrong in my life. Why am I supposed to to go through this. And it's very, very puzzling. And it was an emotion that reminded me of how it was growing up in this place, constantly feeling misunderstood or constantly feeling um, misvalued. And so what I want to say with this is that um, it was very rough for me in those moments to just hold on to an inch of faith that I still had. I There were days in which I could not believe in anything. I believed I, it, it, I just couldn't. I wanted to. I was like, God, I want to believe in you. But why can't I believe in you right now? Why do I feel so abandoned by you? Why do I feel so um, betrayed by you? Why is this happening in my life? And um, things were just happening like bad luck after bad luck after bad luck, like online, offline. It was terrible. It was just terrible. And so there was one day in which um, I felt that I was in the middle of something bigger than myself. It was a kind of a, a fight between energies and energies beyond my imagination. Now, this is a feeling. So if it sounds a little bit woo-woo, I understand, but that was exactly what I felt. And I felt and I thought, I have no ways of fighting this. I am only a human. How can I fight this on my own? If this is like a dark energy that comes from I don't know where, how am I as a human going to fight this? How am I going to just come out of this? I don't know. Um, and so I accepted that I didn't know. And I accepted to myself, I don't know how to um, get out of whatever is going on. I don't know um, how to, what to do. I don't know what to say. So I'm just going to accept that at this moment, I really do not know. This is my truth at this moment. I thought back then. 
And then、um, one day I felt an inch of faith. An inch. It was so little. It was, if people like to, I'm very visual, so I tend to speak in ways that、uh, feel as metaphors because I'm like envisioning、uh, things at the same time. But if people are visual, they can just imagine it was a tiny little、uh, just inch of faith that I felt. And I felt so good because I held on to it and I grasped at it. I said, You are mine. This tiny little bit of faith that I have right now, I thought back then, it's my savior. This is my hero. This is who I am going to be. I choose to believe. And at that moment, my life did not change, but I felt stronger in it. What I mean by this is the outer world did not change at that time. So when I chose to believe and I thought to myself, dear God, dear nature, dear universe, dear life, I choose to believe even when I don't. I choose to believe in you even when I don't. There was something that shifted in me. Not in the outer world. The outer world was still the same crappy, unlucky thing. But in myself, I think that was my rebirth in my own life. And so, what I want to share here with all of this is that、um, many times the hardships that we go through, many times people who are looked down. To, or people who have been scapegoated、uh, all their history, or people who have been、um, many times said wrong things about,、uh, you know, just、um, uh, mean things about.、Um, I want to say that there is a, a deeper strength that comes from, from it. But that deeper strength, in order to be.、Um, For the light, for the good,、um, it needs to be based on intention and intent.、Um, there's、um, a religion, um, it's not.、Uh, It's not really a religion. It's more like a way of living、um, that, is, um, that comes from、um, First Nations, in which、uh, people believe that、uh, there's a way of being that、uh, strives to be impeccable. And by impeccable, it means that people act right. So that's my obsession in life. I'm constantly obsessed with it. And what I want to say with this is, is Very easy, and it's much easier sometimes to act wrong. What, I, what do I mean by this? If we are feeling、um, bad, if we are feeling mistreated, if we are feeling that、uh, other people are being unfair to us, it's very easy for us to act following those emotions because it's just a natural reaction. So, if someone comes to me and bullies me, it's very easy for me to, or to any other person, to actually start bullying them back, right? But the question is would this be acting right? Do I believe that this would be my、uh, way of、uh, achieving that impeccability that I look so much up to? 
And the answer would be no, right? So how would I go about it? Um, acting right and not falling, falling in the temptation of acting wrong. Because when I was referring to Jesus, he was constantly talking about uh, the temptation of hating others, the temptation of um, not falling trap to what he defined as, I'm not sure if Jesus defined it uh, himself, but I know that uh, Christian church did uh, define the devil, right? So I don't like to say this name, so I'm not, I'm just going to say bad energies or dark energies. And so um, that dark energy um, that um, exists in our universe, probably, I say probably because people are free to not agree with this. I know from experience that I felt it in my life. There, There is something bigger than us that sometimes has a toll on this planet. And, but at the same time, there is something very light and very good and very prosperous and um, loving that also has a toll on and has a say on our planet. So um, I felt both of these energies in my life. And that's why I say that I believe there is uh, huge energies that are much bigger than ourselves. Uh, but before this, before this experience in my life, I did not believe in this. I thought that, you know, good and bad is personal concepts and good and bad is just the way I operate in my life. So I can choose good, I can choose bad. And that is my uh, path to uh, become impeccable or the most impeccable that I can be. And the other way leads to, I don't know, frustration, depression, whatever it is. And so, uh, but because in my life that happened, which was when I was doing everything right, meaning when I was keep on choosing right for my life and the life around me just didn't follow, um, I have some strong emotions regarding this country. I don't think I should be here. I think this place is not for me. Because ever since I returned here, there is just a, a bigger energy that has nothing to do with me and is kind of uh, clashing with me constantly. So I know that this sounds a little bit like a fantasy book or a fantasy movie, but uh, I have to say it's very real. Um, and so in other places, I do believe that I can thrive um, much uh, easier and much better. Um, but what can I say? I'm from here, right? So um, what I mean with this is uh, it's very easy sometimes to react in a way um, that uh, would not make us... Um, walk on the path to impeccability, but actually on a different path, which would be the path of acting wrong. So I've been observing and um, I've been noticing that, um, well, um, the awareness about these issues and the awareness about these concepts are is not all the same among everybody. And so it's like there's different levels in our world of knowledge and there's different levels of emotional awareness. Um, some people who are used to acting right 
it becomes a habit. They know how to act right. They know when to say, what to say, and so on. And although that is a practice, it also comes from their intention in acting right. And I don't want to sound offensive, but I don't feel connected to my culture here because of that. I find it a godless society. People have forgotten um, how um, our spiritual side is important in our lives. They don't really feel it or they don't really uh, pay attention to it. Anyway, I'm not here to criticize, so I'm just going to move on. Um, but uh, what I mean with this is, so um, it's very easy when we are feeling um, just um, that others have a perception of us or that others have some type of behavior towards us that is not fair. It's very easy to um, fall into that temptation of mistreating them back or just um, um, say things or do things that are not really aligned to who we are as authentic beings. And so, once again, what I mean with this is, um, for example, scapegoating, I believe, is the most hurtful uh, emotional behavior that exists in our world. Because it's so complex and it has nuances to it. And the nuances shift. What I mean by this is um, I have experience of being scapegoated. And um, what I mean with, with this is um, when someone chooses to scapegoat someone and say, you know, whatever is happening to me, it's your fault. This is scapegoating, right? Because if people did not want something to happen in their lives, well, they can choose for themselves. So uh, scapegoating is blaming other people for something, but in a constant way. And the nuances that are distorted in scapegoating and very hurtful is that when someone um, just sees someone else as someone to scapegoat, they will distort the arguments constantly in order to keep that um, emotional mechanism going. What I mean by this is, imagine, let's imagine, dear listener, just imagine that person A is scapegoating person B. And uh, they are saying, uh, person A is saying, this happens to me. I am not prosperous in my life. I am not successful or I am not um, doing whatever I want to do or uh, because of you, you and you, you, you are guilty of this. You are guilty of all the bad things in our world. You are guilty because the sun has forgotten to shine today. This is scapegoating. This imposes blame on someone that does not, is not to blame. And so um, in order to understand this mechanism, it's highly complex because then what happens is if the person or if people who are being scapegoated or who have always been, been scapegoated um, defend themselves, the scapegoater will... Um, distort that defense in order to make them 
to blame as well. What I mean by this is, so now let's imagine that person B uh, decides that they are sick of uh, being blamed for everything, for the rain in the sky, for the waves in the ocean. And they decide to stand up and say, you know what, you are not going to do that to me anymore. So what's your problem? I'm not to, to blame because the sun doesn't shine today. I'm not to blame because uh, instead of you using your resources in a good way, you choose to use them in a bad way. I'm not to blame because there's waves in the ocean. I'm not to blame. So, you know, stop it. Don't do that anymore. And what happens is then the other person or the other group of people because they are used to engaging that type of um, abusive emotional mechanism, they are going to invert the situation or just distort that and say, you know, you are mistreating me. Why are you treating me like this? Right? So this is just the inversion of it, meaning um, it's just you, you are an aggressor. Just look at me. Look at how I live. I don't have much and you are doing this to me. So there is, what I mean by this is there is a distortion of the argument in order for the mechanism, the emotional mechanism to prevail. I don't know if people understand how emotions are important in our lives. They are beside and beyond and underneath a lot of different emotional mechanisms that exist in our world. And by mechanisms, I mean patterns, patterns of interpersonal relationship. If people don't understand why I choose to be on my own here, and I don't have friends here, and I don't want to talk to people here, I'm going to say why it is. It's because I see the emotional patterns that sometimes people engage in, and I don't want to be a part of it. I don't want to learn how to act wrong. I don't. I want to learn how to act right. So I run away from it like people would not believe it um, because I see this culture from different eyes and I see the the mechanisms that people play on each other's the emotional sometimes manipulations and I tell myself I don't want to be a part of it so I stay away and I focus in my own concerns and in learning on my own and whatever. So what I mean by this is scapegoating is one of the most terrible to me, emotional patterns that are out there. And what I find is that a lot of people buy into it, not even understanding that they are being completely unfair to uh, when a scapegoat decides or when someone who is used to be to being scapegoated decides to defend themselves and i've been observing something in the world that is quite puzzling and <laughs> i don't know if people understand that at, at a certain level i feel a little bit complimentary with it with that feeling which is um how come the world um, and how come so many people in the world decide to hate on, and hate is a strong word, I don't like it, but it's just a representation of uh, a behavior. Um, how come a lot of people around the world decide to um, 
just hate on or be mm, how can I say it in a lighter way be um, inappropriate to people who decide to stand up and be themselves it's puzzling if people think about it it's completely unfair and still that's the world we live in now there's a good thing coming out of all of this is that when people are used to because there's one thing that maybe people who have experienced if you my listener have um experienced this you know what I'm talking about if people have not experienced this maybe they are listening to what I'm saying and they are not understanding so I apologize for it but I still have to say it People who um, are used of being blamed for everything, um, for the sun to shine, the sun not to shine, uh, whatever, um, they can see and they can feel and perceive when other people are trying to invert things. Because when people endure through these um, dysfunctional emotional patterns and behaviors that are so common, so common in humanity, um, they, inside of themselves, they become strong. Inside of themselves, they develop a strength that is very difficult for people, other people who don't have that experience to understand because it's, it's a strength based on themselves. What I mean by this is it's a strength that is a part of themselves. It becomes a part of their authenticity. Is that strength that is used to develop and endure without having the approval of people around them. Um, as human beings, we all love approval. We all love approval, acceptance, and love. Those are our three basic needs. We love people that makes us feel that makes us feel. Um, I was going. I repeated because I thought that I I was hearing makes us feel, and I wanted to say make us feel. So we love to be around people who make us feel as who make us feel loved accepted and approved of that's just our nature we are social beings we strive for having friends or having people around us or having colleagues or peers who understand this not only in an emotional level but also in an intellectual level meaning they understand our what we are talking about they understand um, our dreams they understand our aspirations and so on And so um, now people have to imagine, whoever is listening to my podcast, just imagine that you never have that approval around you because that's one of the roots of scapegoating. You don't have that approval ever around you or that acceptance. Love is a little bit different because I do believe I'm an optimist and I do believe that people like each other's more than they show. But then approval and acceptance many times are issues. And so just imagine that if you are a person who has always been approved of and has always been accepted, just imagine that out of a sudden that would be just uh, taken out of your life. It's very easy to imagine how it feels like, but that's exactly how people who are used to being scapegoated feel. It's like nothing of what I do is ever right. 
Um, if I choose to wear this color, it's wrong. If I choose to wear that one, it's wrong. If I choose to um, study at home, it's wrong. If I choose to not study, it's wrong. If I, so just this is lack of approval of um, surroundings and environmental approval. And by environmental, I'm not talking about um, the environment as nature. I'm talking about the surroundings of a person. So when that approval is never there, there are two options that that person or that group of people can take. One is to, and this happens to a lot of people, one is to accept that they are wrong and change their likes and their actions in order to match those of their surroundings. And now there's other type of people that uh, instead of that choose to, you know, I know I don't have my surroundings approval. I know that other people do not approve of me. Still, I believe this is the right thing to do and I'm going to do it. And this has been my struggle for a long, long time. And I can say that um, I choose the second one, the second option now much easier than in my past. But I grew up struggling between this because I wanted to be understood. I wanted to be approved of. I wanted to be accepted as I was. Now, once again, in terms of emotions, I was. Emotionally speaking, I was. I was just not in terms of um, intellectual uh, concepts or beliefs. So, um Once again, and summarizing all of this, what this means is there's always a temptation of uh, turning everything that is happening around us um, towards ourselves. And then we become our own scapegoaters, which means we blame ourselves for whatever is happening and for whatever way other people are treating us or other people are talking to us or other people are behaving towards us. And so in that, we become our own scapegoaters, which is, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done this or maybe I shouldn't have said this or maybe, I don't know, maybe all these people around me are right and I am just wrong. And so what I mean with this is um, that is a temptation that actually makes us walk away from our own authenticity. And many times being right or wrong, I want to say this because it's also a part of my life experience and I find it very real. And I think that a lot of people can actually identify with this. Many times being right or wrong depends on where we are. What is wrong here might be right somewhere else. What is wrong somewhere else might be right here. So now um, I know that uh, people who love politics will uh, take it to ideologies and people who love business will take it to entrepreneurship and people who love um, knowledge will take it to intellectual values and intellectual concepts. But I am speaking in a broad sense and I'm speaking in generic terms. So feeling wrong actually is a distortion of who we are. What that means is 
If we have good intentions, if we are focusing on good, if we are focusing on that good that accepts other people, that um, allows other people to be, that, that good that is just, I just want to mind my own business. Let me just uh, thrive on my own. Let me do my things. I don't bother anyone. Don't bother me. So if we are focused on that good of um, evolving ourselves and our, our skills, our knowledge, um, our perceptions of the world and so on, if we are focused on that, let's be honest, there's nothing wrong with it. And so now other people around us may be used to have us as their scapegoat, right? That's a habit. But... It's a habit. People can indulge in it. People can say, you know, you are to blame because you are this, you are that, whatever. But um, it's their own matter. It is not our own. And so if you, my listener, has, um, if you have any experience of being scapegoated in your life, you understand what I mean. It's their option. We don't have to engage in it. What I mean by this is if someone chooses to bully me and say that uh, um, I cannot be happy because I am the way I am, that uh, I don't deserve to be happy in life because they don't like something about me, or if someone tries to bully me, it's their option. It's their choice. Now, what is my choice? My choice is to either engage in it or not, right? And so, of course, when it reaches a level in which people have to defend themselves, well, they have to stand up and do it. When it becomes unfair and when it just um, becomes unbearable, well, people have to stand up and defend themselves. That's a nature of human beings. But um, other than that, selling ourselves short, meaning um, just engaging in uh, cat fights. Um, maybe it's not going to lead us towards uh, that path of goodness and light and evolution and uh, striving and thriving that we aspire to. Once again, uh, what I've noticed is that um, people who are used to scapegoat others, they are uh, major temptators. What I mean by this is they keep on poking. They are constantly poking. There's people who are constantly poking on others. What I mean by this is they poke, they poke, they poke. And they are doing that because they are testers. They want to test other people's limits. Um, they want to see how far can I go this respecting you until you snap? Um, how far can I bully you until you just get upset and start um, screaming around and whatever? For example, when I was being bullied, I realized that um, my bullies had that strategy. They would poke me until I just couldn't take it anymore. And then I would say, you know what? These people just stop bullying me. Stop whatever. Stop whatever. And then they would invert it and uh, just actually take advantage of my expression of frustration. So I saw it happening. Happening. I was quite shocked. I mean, I've learned quite a lot um, these few years in which all this bad luck happened to me. And I've learned quite a 
lot about people, but I must say it has been harsh learning. <laughs> it's, it has not been pleasant to see sometimes the emotional mechanisms that people play just in order to, many times it's just to sometimes, I don't know, get some type of approval from others. And so what I mean with this is... Um, There's people who appear to be very, how can I say, they are constantly poking on someone else, they are scapegoating someone else, um, and they um, just distort things and say they win when they didn't win. I mean, it's just like a madness. But what I want to say with this is we have the choice to not engage in those distortive and uh, distortion emotional mechanisms. So, as I was saying, um, I think that, and this is um, my uh, personal opinion that comes from my personal experience, some people will feel related to it, some people won't, but for people who do, um, I think that um, that strength that builds within us uh, from being scapegoated from surroundings that are truly unfair to um, whatever we are or whatever we represent. And when I say we, I mean the group of people that go through these experiences. Um, the good thing is um, we become stronger in our emotions and we become stronger in a way that is um, we no longer need for people's approval to follow our dreams or to follow our aspirations. And it's not easy to get to that point, but it's very rewarding. It means that other people can no longer pin us down or other people can no longer make us feel as if we are wrong. And so once again, I'm talking to those people who have similar experiences and I want to share to everybody, this is going to be difficult for people in Europe to understand, but still I have to say it. Um, I focus on emotions. So a lot of times that I'm speaking in my podcast is truly about the emotions. I don't know if people think it's about actions or it's about the outer world or it's about the events. I mean, I'm an emotional person and a feeling person. And in my books, in my poetry, in my podcasts, I am talking and expressing emotions, feelings, analysis about feelings, analysis about patterns. This is what I love doing. I do this ever since I was a kid. I adore it. I don't know what name he has, but I adore it. I'm obsessed with it. And so uh, for people who are more concrete in their thinking, they are probably going to imagine that I'm talking about, uh, I don't know, some type of event or that I'm talking about some type of situation or that I'm talking about something and I'm not. So I just want to put out this disclaimer so that people can hear it from me. And um, now summarizing all of this, because this episode is getting too long. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, summarizing all of this, what I mean with all of this that I've shared is that um, choice is really our power as human beings. We can choose to um, go the right way. We can choose to go the good way or we can choose anything else. And by right and good, once again, 
I don't mean a set of um, just uh, things that people have to follow through or just um, a rundown of items that uh, people have to um, just go through in their lives. I don't mean nothing like that. I mean that every single one of us knows what's right and wrong in their own life. And how can we understand the concept of right or wrong or good or bad? Well, we can understand it by the consequences of it and by our own authenticity. When we act in certain ways, are we uh, just being authentic or are we just uh, going away from our own authenticity? Now, this is an issue that happens to every single human being. That is the fight that uh, some spiritual masters speak about. It's that fight of um, fighting our own egos. Now, fighting is not, uh, it's a, a metaphor, right? It means a choice. It means that I have my ego telling me, oh, Sarah, why don't you eat this cookie and that cake? Oh, and this chocolate. Oh, but you know, I'm just uh, working on my fitness. So I have a choice there, right? I can either choose to fall into that temptation or I can say, you know what, little devil, I don't care. I want to work on my fitness. So you are not going to convince me of doing whatever you want. And I've thought for a long time, why is there this dichotomy? Why is there this duality? Um, because what I was thinking to myself is, okay, so if I choose right, I feel happy. If I choose right, I mean, I feel like I am uh, stronger in my life, that I look the way I want to look, that uh, I live the way I want to live, or I think about the things I want to think about. And so why is there always like the opposite temptation, trying like just to convince us, you know, trying to say, oh, why don't you do this? Why don't you say this? Why don't you reply badly to this person? Oh, they were spreading rumors about you. Ah, oh, this person. It's like this almost like um, <laughs> this uh, kind of uh, dissuasive uh, just entity I don't I don't really know what it is but it's something that is constantly just trying to make us choose or to convince us to choose uh, to indulge in hate to indulge in um, lack of acceptance to indulge in lack of approval to indulge in being rude to others and whatever And I've never understood because I kept asking myself, but what for? Um, what does anyone win or does, what does anyone earn or what does this world um, gain in having other people just, uh, I don't know, feeling miserable or depressed or whatever, or as they are being scapegoated or something like that? I never understood. What is the, the good in it? And my question was wrong. There's actually no good in it. That's where the question itself is incorrect. And because of what happened in my life, when I felt that there were these like huge energies in this world that are beyond our comprehension, I don't understand them. Um, I don't think anyone will. Um, and beyond our own imagination, I realized that it's, a matter of energy. 
it's there now i don't know i don't know why but my imagination just leads me to think that maybe it's a struggle of power meaning the light wants to win and the dark wants to win at the same time so they are kind of like fighting against each other's um in those energies in the world and so what i mean by this is um power is something that uh, usually we as human beings like because it allows us to do things um and i'm not sure if energies have that same aspiration this type of uh, spiritual or um metaphysical energies that i'm talking about so i know that this sounds a little bit woo woo and for people who have had an experience like this i'm pretty sure that they can relate to what i'm saying for those who haven't i'm sorry this is going to sound like a fantasy movie but uh, you know it's okay just uh, if you want to listen to it if you don't just drop and go listen to another podcast i still have to say it when i feel i have to say something i have to say something it's not by chance that i tell people i'm looking for for a job as a spokesperson where I can work in meteorology, I can study, I can research, I can um just think about science, but what I really was born for is to be a spokesperson or to work with words in writing and in speaking. And so don't ask me why, I don't know. I just feel that this is my authenticity and this is what I was born to do. And as people who have been following me for some time, they see that every time I feel there is an unfairness, I just jump in and I want to make my stance and I'm not quiet about it and I'm not shy about it. I do not like unfairness. I just don't. Now, everybody in this world, me, you, my listener, whoever is listening, whoever reads me, We have always been unfair to someone else in our lives. That's uh, the path of learning. But uh, then when we learn the lesson, we can just uh, grab it and choose to not do it again. So I hate unfairness. I don't like it. I don't like observing that people sometimes distort what happens to match uh, their own narrative. Um, and they are not truly seeing sometimes what is happening. They just want to make a point about what's happening. So I think that's unfair. And when I feel or when I think that someone is being unfairly treated, I jump in and I do this ever since I was a kid. So when I was, um, I don't know if <laughs> this is just a curiosity. When I was um, in swimming competition, when I was a kid, I love swimming. Obviously, everybody knows I love the sea. I love water and everything. And when I was in a swimming competition, my um, trainer, meaning the, the man who was uh, training us, He used to uh, call me the defensor, <laughs> how would you say, yeah, because he would say it in Portuguese. I'm trying to translate it, but he would say that, uh, oh, there she comes, Sarah, the defensor. <laughs> 
She has to defend because every time he was uh, speaking to one of my peers or one of my colleagues in swimming lessons, and I found that it was somehow unfair, I would jump in and I would say, hey, you don't speak to her like that. You don't speak to him like that and whatever. So he would call me the defensor. <laughs> Uh, the one who would defend other people and he would never see it coming because I don't plan it. I mean, I just jump in whenever I see there's some type of unfairness. I cannot stand unfairness and I cannot stand for it. Um, and so anyway, what I mean with all of this is um, there's always a choice and we strengthen ourselves as human beings with our own choices. And so it does not matter when we get the awareness of this, how other people behave and how other people treat us. Because if we are fully aware of our own choice, then we are no longer a leaf in the wind regarding what they want or what they say or what they do or how they treat us. So people can apply this to anything in life, meaning if online, if on the internet, I mean, there's people like me who are constantly sharing ideas, who are constantly putting content out, who put their hearts out. And then there's someone who has, oh my God, so many millions of followers and they just decide to take on those ideas and take the credit for them. You know, let me tell you something. It fucking hurts. It does because it's unfair and it's uncalled for. And people do that be because they can. And so they choose to do it. But the truth is we have the choice to not let that make us feel bad. We have the choice to not allow that to stop us from our dreams. And so it requires strength because we are social beings and we feel when other people are constantly or when some someone out there or a group of people are constantly trying to mistreat us, to make us feel as, oh, you are a no one. You are so small. Look at you. You can never, you just exist because I let you exist. Look at you. You are so small. Oh, I can poke you all my, all my day. I can poke you until you react. Oh, look at you. Let me play with you. Let me play with you. And the truth is, we have the choice to not engage in whatever dysfunctional mechanisms and types of behaviors people indulge in in their own lives. So um, if you know what I mean on the internet, if you are trying to strive, if you are trying to build up your brand and you are have to constantly uh, deal with this type of uh, mentality that is, oh, this is a good idea. Let me take it. Let me just run with it as if it's my own. So if you constantly have to deal with this or if this applies in any other sector of your life, just my motivation for today is it's very difficult to do this. And I know because many times I've fallen in the temptation of not doing what I'm going to say now. It's very difficult to do it, but still that builds resilience and that builds the inner strength that people who have been mistreated many times have. And it's a strength that nobody can take from those people. Nobody can buy it. Nobody can rent it. Nobody can grab it. 
Nobody, nobody, it's their own. And so what I want to, what I mean and what I want to say with this is it's very difficult, but still, if um, somehow someone just uh, constantly tries to poke you or constantly tries to just uh, get you to react or something like that, just think to yourself and focus on your own aspirations on your own dreams and um, focus on not being influenced by the way other people are acting, by the way other people or whatever they are saying, um, by the way other people behave in their own lives. Because truth being told, it's up to them. Other people behave in their lives the way they want. It's their choice. It's not ours. Now, our choices are regarding how we choose to live our lives, how we choose to behave. And if there is trust in aspirations, if there is trust in um, becoming better in time, if there is trust in um, evolving our own lives or striving or wanting to flourish in the world or wanting to build up our brands, whatever it is, Whatever aspiration it is, as long as it's a good one, as long as it's a constructive and uh, full of purpose one, what really matters is the focus on it and the trust that there is a wisdom in this life, there is a wisdom in this cosmos, in this universe, that is beyond our comprehension, that is watching over this is true. For some people, this means God. For some people, this means nature. For some people, this means life. But there is a deeper, and I don't, I don't know if the word deeper is the right one, but there is a, a huge wisdom. There is something bigger than ourselves that is actually watching all of this. And it's life itself for some people. It's the way life functions. And what I want to say is sooner or later, those who are truly strong, those who truly stand for goodness, those who truly stand for good aspirations and light, life will support them. I truly believe in this. It's just many times there has to be a change in the wind. And that change in the wind is, it, it refers to sometimes life is just trying to get us to the right point or trying to uh, make of us stronger than we have been before. So if you are a person who listens to my podcast, if you have experience of being scapegoated, like blamed for everything, if you are successful, people blame you. If you are not, because if people look at my life, they see the scapegoating pattern. I mean, when I was uh, not uh, just not caring for my studies, people would blame me for it. And then I became a good student and people blamed me for it. And then I lived my dreams and people blamed me for it. People hated on me because I was living my dreams. Now, I was, I've always been very sensitive and that really hurt me. And so I told myself, oh, maybe if I stop living my dreams, I didn't think of it in these concrete terms back then, but the emotion was a little bit like this. If I stop living my dreams, will people like me? 
And then what happened was I stopped fighting for my dreams because I wanted to be liked by others. I wanted to be accepted and approved of. And what happened, people see it now. I stopped living my dreams and still people then blame me for it. So that's the dysfunctional mechanism of scapegoating is that no matter what a person does, no matter what a group of people do is always wrong. Uh, if uh, the sun is shining is because it should be raining. If it's raining, it's because the sun should be shining. So if you have this experience in your life, I want to send you a lot of strength and encouragement and motivation to be the authentic person that you are. And I've been surprised because lately I've been um, just observing what happens in the world. And there's people who are, they have an inner strength. It's, it's, it's a personality thing. They have an inner strength. They stand for what they believe. And it's, it doesn't matter how big they are. It doesn't ma matter how much they have. It doesn't matter um, what other people see in them or how their surroundings look at them. They stand for what they believe. And I think that's inner strength. So, I hope that you take value from this long, long, long podcast, and I hope that you choose to be your authentic self, uh, regardless of how other people treat you or mistreat you. When people treat us well, it's very easy to feel our authentic self. We feel happy, we feel joyful, we feel that life loves us, and it's awesome. Now, when people mistreat us, that's when it gets shaky because we feel tempted to not believe. We feel tempted to believe or feel that life has betrayed us or God has betrayed us or something is wrong or whatever. But um, I challenge you if um, this happens in your life or if you go through this, I challenge you to actually think differently, to just be yourself and to um, honor your um, ideas and honor your purposes. Um, Jesus said something so people know that I'm a, I'm, um, I was raised Christian and Jesus says, says something that is uh, one of the most beautiful sayings he said. He said when he was asked, um, so there's a story in the New Testament that uh, says um, people had to choose between trees of apples. And Jesus told them, well, just choose the good, the good trees and uh, just uh, don't choose the bad ones. And um, there was someone, I don't know if the story is exactly like this, but it's the meaning is, is this. And so someone asked him, oh, but Jesus, how do we know um, what is a good tree and what is a bad tree? How are we going to distinguish between them? And he said, by the fruits, you shall know the tree. And so this is a beautiful saying. And I think it illustrates um, people's personality. By the fruits, meaning by what they say, by what they stand for, by um, what they do and what they write and what they are, we see the tree. We see that people who are... 
good in their intentions, people who have a willingness in um, thriving, people who have a willingness in simply living their dreams and their dreams are not harmful to anyone else. We see that that's that their tree, right? And this is a metaphor, obviously. It's not a real tree. But we see that that intention is there. So by the fruits, we see. Um, we see when someone chooses wrong just because they want to get ahead in life. Or we see when people uh, choose uh, popularity over acting right. We see that. And so by the fruits, we shall know the tree. Now, in this society, maybe there's people who are going to interpret this in different ways and they are going to distort it and just say, oh, so whoever has more likes means <laughs> that the tree is whatever. No, that's not what I mean at all. Um, I mean, popularity is debatable and the, the <laughs> how can I say and the value of popularity is debatable. There, it's definitely a type of power, but there is many other types of power. So social media obviously makes us believe that the only type of power that exists in this world is popularity, which is not correct. Popularity is one type of power. There's other types. Um, there's the the power of words. Um, there's the power of um, knowledge. There's the power of acting right. There's the power of power. I mean, people in politics obviously have power, that power. So there's different types of power in our world. Um, even if we are, if we like social media, and if we tend to look at social media as if popularity is the only power that exists in the world, it's not. There's people who are not popular and still they are very powerful, right? For example, everybody knows um, that uh, let, this is just an example. Um, Coca-Cola, it's a very, very successful company, right? Nobody can put that in check. I mean, they are hugely successful. Everybody knows what in the world, everybody knows what Coca-Cola is. But now, do people know who is the CEO? Do people know who is the manager? Do people know? So, and those people are powerful, obviously, right? They have an entrepreneurial power and nobody knows who they are. Or obviously some people do, but it's not that they are popular, meaning they are not, uh, every time they tweet something is not in the news. So, um, there's different types of power in this world. And I think that our authenticity has its own. So there's one type of power that is going to call for you more than any other. Um, any other. And to me, it's words. I love words. I love this. I adore, adore <laughs> words, writing, speaking. And I just uh, try to practice as much as I can in order to uh, become um, the best that I can in it. Now, my intention is not power in itself. My intention is impeccability. I want to achieve that excellence. I look up to speakers. I look up to people who are eloquent because I find what they say and the way they say, the way they weave words, so beautiful. It's just, um, to me, it's one of the most beautiful things on earth. But so, once again, there's different types of power and um, our strength as human beings is to 
um, just look at ourselves and see our strengths, see where we are good at, and then um, evolve in that, and then work on that, and then achieve something good in that. Now, sometimes good things take time. Sometimes good results take time. And so in some paths um, require much more time than others. I can say people who choose philosophy, it's a long path. It's not something immediate. It's not instant gratification. It is just not. It's a long path. It requires a lot of thinking, a lot of uh, analysis, a lot of feeling misunderstood, a lot of all of that. But when people are passionate for it, they don't even think about giving up. So whatever your path is in life, if it's a good one for a good purpose, um, if you are not uh, constantly indulging in ideas that uh, just uh, want to make other people vanish from the surface of the earth, um, if you are not a person indulging in bad ideologies like that, in um, fanatic interpretations of scriptures and fanatic interpretations of... Um, of tales and stories and then taking action that uh, are negative to other people or terrorizing other people or making other people live in fear, if you are not like that, that I believe you are not, because I believe good people listen to my podcast, um, then, you know, focus on your dreams, focus on your inner strength and in your authenticity. And so I wish uh, very well to everybody. And I hope that uh, all of this that I've said in this podcast, I know it has been a lot and it has been a long one, but I had to say it. So I hope that is of benefit for uh, someone out there. And um, I send um, good wishes for everybody in the world. Happy Friday. Bye-bye now. So as I was saying, um, I think that, and this is um, my personal opinion that comes from my personal experience, some people will feel related to it, some people won't, but for people who do, um, I think that um, that strength that builds within us uh, from being scapegoated from surroundings that are truly unfair to um, whatever we are or whatever we represent. And when I say we, I mean the group of people that go through these experiences. Um, the good thing is um, we become stronger in our emotions and we become stronger in a way that is um, we no longer need for people's approval to follow our dreams or to follow our aspirations. And it's not easy to get to that point, but it's very rewarding. It means that other people can no longer pin us down or other people can no longer make us feel as if we are wrong. 
And so once again, I'm talking to those people who have similar experiences. And I want to share to everybody, this is going to be difficult for people in Europe to understand, but still I have to say it. Um, I focus on emotions. So a lot of times that I'm speaking in my podcast is truly about emotions. I don't know if people think it's about actions or it's about the outer world or it's about the events. I mean, I'm an emotional person and a feeling person. And in my books, in my poetry, in my podcasts, I'm talking and expressing emotions, feelings, analysis about feelings, analysis about patterns. This is what I love doing. I do this ever since I was a kid. I adore it. I don't know what name he has, but I adore it. I'm obsessed with it. And so uh, for people who are more concrete in their thinking, they are probably going to imagine that I'm talking about, uh, I don't know, some type of event or that I'm talking about some type of situation or that I'm talking about something and I'm not. So I just want to put out this disclaimer so that people can hear it from me. And um, now summarizing all of this, because this episode is getting too long. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, summarizing all of this, what I mean with all of this that I've shared is that um, choice is really our power as human beings. We can choose to um, go the right way. We can choose to go the good way or we can choose anything else. And by right and good, once again, I don't mean a set of um just uh, things that people have to follow through or just... Um, a rundown of items that uh, people have to um, just go through in their lives. I don't mean nothing like that. I mean that every single one of us knows what's right and wrong in their own life. And how can we understand the concept of right or wrong or good or bad? Well, we can understand it by the consequences of it and by our own authenticity. When we act in certain ways, are we um, just being authentic or are we just uh, going away from our own authenticity? Now, this is an issue that happens to every single human being. That is the fight that uh, some spiritual masters speak about. It's that fight of um, fighting our own egos. Now, fighting is not, uh, it's a, a metaphor, right? It means a choice. It means that I have my ego telling me, oh, Sarah, why don't you eat this cookie and that cake? Oh, and this chocolate. Oh, but you know, I'm just uh, working on my fitness. So I have a choice there, right? I can either choose to fall into that temptation or I can say, you know what, little devil, I don't care. I want to work on my fitness. So you are not going to convince me of doing whatever you want. And I've thought for a long time, why is there this dichotomy? Why is there this duality? 
Um, because what I was thinking to myself is, okay, so if I choose right, I feel happy. If I choose right, I mean, I feel like I am uh, stronger in my life, that I look the way I want to look, that uh, I live the way I want to live, or I think about the things I want to think about. And so why is there always like the opposite temptation, trying like just to convince us, you know, trying to say, oh, why don't you do this? Why don't you say this? Why don't you reply badly to this person? Ah, oh, they were spreading rumors about you. Ah, oh, this person. It's like this almost like um, <laughs> this uh, kind of uh, dissuasive uh, just entity i don't i don't really know what it is but it's something that is constantly just trying to make us choose or to convince us to choose uh, to indulge in hate, to indulge in um, lack of acceptance, to indulge in lack of approval, to indulge in being rude to others and whatever. And I've never understood because I kept asking myself, but what for? Um, what does anyone win or does, what does anyone earn or what does this world um, gain in having other people just, uh, I don't know, feeling miserable or depressed or whatever, or as they are being scapegoated or something like that? I never understood. What is the, the good in it? And my question was wrong. There's actually no good in it. That's where the question itself is incorrect. And because of what happened in my life, when I felt that there were these like huge energies in this world that are beyond our comprehension, I don't understand them. Um, I don't think anyone will. Um, and beyond our own imagination, I realized that it's a matter of energy. It's there. Now, I don't know. I don't know why, but my imagination just leads me to think that maybe it's a struggle of power, meaning the light wants to win and the dark wants to win at the same time. So they are kind of like fighting against each other's um, in those energies in the world. And so what I mean by this is... Um, Power is something that uh, usually we as human beings like because it allows us to do things. Um, and I'm not sure if energies have that same aspiration, this type of uh, spiritual or um, metaphysical energies that I'm talking about. So I know that this sounds a little bit woo-woo. And for people who have had an experience like this, I'm pretty sure that they can relate to what I'm saying. For those who haven't, I'm sorry, this is going to sound like a fantasy movie, but uh, you know, it's okay. Just uh, if you want to listen to it, if you don't just drop and go listen to another podcast, I still have to say it. When I feel I have to say something, I have to say something. It's not by chance that I tell people I'm looking for for a job as a spokesperson where I can work in meteorology, I can study, I can research, I can um, just uh, think about science. But what I really was born for is to be a spokesperson or to work with words in writing and in speaking. 
And so don't ask me why. I don't know. I just feel that this is my authenticity and this is what I was born to do. And uh, as people who have been following me for some time, they see that every time I feel there is an unfairness, I just jump in and I want to make my stance and I'm not quiet about it and I'm not shy about it. I do not like unfairness. I just don't. Now, everybody in this world, me, you, my listener, whoever is listening, whoever reads me, we have always been unfair to someone else in our lives. That's uh, the path of learning. But uh, then when we learn the lesson, we can just uh, grab it and choose to not do it again. So I hate unfairness. I don't like it. I don't like observing that people sometimes distort what happens to match uh, their own narrative. Um, and they are not truly seeing sometimes what is happening. They just want to make a point about what's happening. So I think that's unfair. And when I feel or when I think that someone is being unfairly treated, I jump in and I do this ever since I was a kid. So when I was, um, I don't know if <laughs> this is just a curiosity. When I was um, in swimming competition, when I was a kid, I love swimming. Obviously, everybody knows I love the sea. I love water and everything. And when I was in a swimming competition, my um, trainer, meaning the, the man who was uh, training us, he used to uh, call me the the fencer. <laughs> How would you say? Yeah, because he would say it in Portuguese. I'm trying to translate it, but he would say that. Uh, oh, there she comes, Sarah, the defencer. <laughs> She has to defend because every time he was uh, speaking to one of my peers or one of my colleagues in swimming lessons, and I found that it was somehow unfair, I would jump in and I would say, hey, you don't speak to her like that. You don't speak to him like that and whatever. So he would call me the defensor. <laughs> Uh, the one who would defend other people and he would never see it coming because I don't plan it. I mean, I just jump in whenever I see there's some type of unfairness. I cannot stand unfairness and I cannot stand for it. Um, and so anyway, what I mean with all of this is um, there's always a choice and we strengthen ourselves as human beings with our own choices. And so it does not matter when we get the awareness of this, how other people behave and how other people treat us. Because if we are fully aware of our own choice, then we are no longer a leaf in the wind regarding what they want or what they say or what they do or how they treat us. So people can apply this to anything in life, meaning if online, if on the internet, I mean, there's people like me who are constantly sharing ideas, who are constantly putting content out, who put their hearts out. And then there's someone who has, oh my God, so many millions of followers and they just decide to take on those ideas and take the credit for them. You know, let me tell you something. It fucking hurts. It does because it's unfair and it's uncalled for. And people do that be because they can. And so they choose to do it. But the truth is we have the choice to not let that make us feel bad. We have the choice to not allow that 
to stop us from our dreams. And so it requires strength because we are social beings and we feel when other people are constantly or when some someone out there or a group of people are constantly trying to mistreat us, to make us feel as, oh, you are a no one. You are so small. Look at you. You can never, you just exist because I let you exist. Look at you. You are so small. Oh, I can poke you all my, all my day. I can poke you until you react. Ah, oh, look at you. Let me play with you. Let me play with you. And the truth is, we have the choice to not engage in whatever dysfunctional mechanisms and types of behaviors people indulge in in their own lives. So um, if you know what I mean on the internet, if you are trying to strive, if you are trying to build up your brand and you are have to constantly uh, deal with this type of uh, mentality that is, oh, this is a good idea. Let me take it. Let me just run with it as if it's my own. So if you constantly have to deal with this or if this applies in any other sector of your life, just my motivation for today is it's very difficult to do this. And I know because many times I've fallen in the temptation of not doing what I'm going to say now. It's very difficult to do it, but still that builds resilience and that builds the inner strength that people who have been mistreated many times have. And it's a strength that nobody can take from those people. Nobody can buy it. Nobody can rent it. Nobody can grab it. Nobody, nobody. It's their own. And so what I want to, what I mean and what I want to say with this is it's very difficult, but still, if um, somehow someone just uh, constantly tries to poke you or constantly tries to just uh, get you to react or something like that, just think to yourself and focus on your own aspirations, on your own dreams and um, focus on not being influenced by the way other people are acting by the way other people or whatever they are saying, um, by the way other people behave in their own lives. Because truth being told, it's up to them. Other people behave in their lives the way they want. It's their choice. It's not ours. Now, our choices are regarding how we choose to live our lives, how we choose to behave. And if there is trust in aspirations, if there is trust in um, becoming better in time, if there is trust in um, evolving our own lives or striving or wanting to flourish in the world or wanting to build up our brands, uh, whatever it is, whatever aspiration it is, as long as it's a good one, as long as it's a constructive and uh, full of purpose one, what really matters is the focus on it and the trust that there is a wisdom in this life. There is a wisdom in this cosmos, in this universe that is beyond our comprehension that is watching over. This is true. For some people, this means God. For some people, this means nature. For some people, this means life. But there is a deeper and I don't, I don't know if the word deeper is the right one, but there is a, a huge wisdom. There is something bigger than ourselves 
that is actually watching all of this. And it's life itself for some people. It's the way life functions. And what I want to say is sooner or later, those who are truly strong, those who truly stand for goodness, those who truly stand for good aspirations and light, life will support them. I truly believe in this. It's just many times there has to be a change in the wind. And that change in the wind is, it, it refers to sometimes life is just trying to get us to the right point or trying to uh, make of us stronger than we have been before. So if you are a person who listens to my podcast, if you have experience of being scapegoated, like blamed for everything, if you are successful, people blame you. If you are not, because if people look at my life, they see the scapegoating pattern. I mean, when I was uh, not uh, just not caring for my studies, people would blame me for it. And then I became a good student and people blamed me for it. And then I lived my dreams and people blamed me for it. People hated on me because I was living my dreams. Now, I was, I've was i always been very sensitive and that really hurt me. And so I told myself, oh, maybe if I stop living my dreams, I didn't think of it in these concrete terms back then, but the emotion was a little bit like this. If I stop living my dreams, will people like me? And then what happened was I stopped fighting for my dreams because I wanted to be liked by others. I wanted to be accepted and approved of. And what happened, people see it now. I stopped living my dreams and still people then blame me for it. So that's the dysfunctional mechanism of scapegoating is that no matter what a person does, no matter what a group of people do is always wrong. Uh, if uh, the sun is shining, is because it should be raining. If it's raining, it's because the sun should be shining. So if you have this experience in your life, I want to send you a lot of strength and encouragement and motivation to be the authentic person that you are. And I've been surprised because lately I've been um, just observing what happens in the world. And there's people who are they have an inner strength. It's, it's, it's a personality thing. They have an inner strength. They stand for what they believe. And it's, it doesn't matter how big they are. It doesn't matter how much they have. It doesn't matter um, what other people see in them or how their surroundings look at them. They stand for what they believe. And I think that's inner strength. So, I hope that you take value from this long, long, long podcast, and I hope that you choose to be your authentic self, uh, regardless of how other people treat you or mistreat you. When people treat us well, it's very easy to feel our authentic self. We feel happy, we feel joyful, we feel that life loves us, and it's awesome. Now, when people mistreat us, that's when it gets shaky because we feel tempted to not believe. 
we feel tempted to believe or feel that life has betrayed us or God has betrayed us or something is wrong or whatever. But um, I challenge you if um, this happens in your life or if you go through this, I challenge you to actually think differently, to just be yourself and to um, honor your um, ideas and honor your purposes. Um, Jesus said something so people know that I'm a, I'm, um, I was raised Christian and Jesus says, says something that is uh, one of the most beautiful sayings he said. He said when he was asked, um, so there's a story in the New Testament that uh, says um, people had to choose between trees of apples. And Jesus told them, well, just choose the good, the good trees and uh, just uh, don't choose the bad ones. And um, there was someone, I don't know if the story is exactly like this, but it's the meaning is is this. And so someone asked him, oh, but Jesus, how do we know um, what is a good tree and what is a bad tree? How are we going to distinguish between them? And he said, by the fruits, you shall know the tree. And so this is a beautiful saying. And I think it illustrates um, people's personality. By the fruits, meaning by what they say, by what they stand for, by um, what they do and what they write and what they are, we see the tree. We see that people who are... A good in their intentions, people who have a willingness in um, thriving, people who have a willingness in simply living their dreams and their dreams are not harmful to anyone else. We see that that's that their tree, right? And this is a metaphor, obviously. It's not a real tree. But we see that that intention is there. So by the fruits, we see. Um, we see when someone chooses wrong just because they want to get ahead in life. Or we see when people uh, choose uh, popularity over acting right. We see that. And so by the fruits, we shall know the tree. Now, in this society, maybe there's people who are going to interpret this in different ways and they are going to distort it and just say, oh, so whoever has more likes means <laughs> that the tree is whatever. No, that's not what I mean at all. Um, I mean, popularity is debatable and the, the <laughs> how can I say And the value of popularity is debatable. There, it's definitely a type of power, but there is many other types of power. So social media obviously makes us believe that the only type of power that exists in this world is popularity, which is not correct. Popularity is one type of power. There's other types. Um, there's the, the power of words. Um, there's the power of um, knowledge. There's the power of acting right. There's the power of power. I mean, people in politics obviously have power, that power. So there's different types of power in our world. Um, even if we are, if we like social media and if we tend to look at social media as if popularity is the only power that exists in the world, it's not. There's people who are not popular and still they are very powerful, 
right? For example, everybody knows um, that uh, let, this is just an example. Um, Coca-Cola, it's a very, very successful company, right? Nobody can put that in check. I mean, they are hugely successful. Everybody knows what in the world, everybody knows what Coca-Cola is. But now, do people know who is the CEO? Do people know who is the manager? Do people know? So, and those people are powerful, obviously, right? They have an entrepreneurial power and nobody knows who they are. Or obviously some people do, but it's not that they are popular, meaning they are not, uh, every time they tweet something is not in the news. So um, there's different types of power in this world. And I think that our authenticity has its own. So there's one type of power that is going to call for you more than any other, uh, any other. And to me, it's words. I love words. I love this. I adore, adore <laughs> words, writing, speaking. And I just uh, try to practice as much as I can in order to Uh, become um, the best that I can in it. Now, my intention is not power in itself. My intention is impeccability. I want to achieve that excellence. I look up to speakers. I look up to people who are eloquent because I find what they say and the way they say, the way they weave words, so beautiful. It's just, um, to me, it's one of the most beautiful things on earth. But so, once again, There's different types of power and um, our strength as human beings is to um, just look at ourselves and see our strengths, see where we are good at and then um, evolve in that and then work on that and then achieve something good in that. Now, sometimes good things take time. Sometimes good results take time and so in some paths require much more time than others. I can say people who choose philosophy, it's a long path. It's not something immediate. It's not instant gratification. It is just not. It's a long path. It requires a lot of thinking, a lot of analysis, a lot of feeling misunderstood, a lot of all of that. But when people are passionate for it, they don't even think about giving up. So whatever your path is in life, if it's a good one for a good purpose, um, if you are not uh, constantly indulging in ideas that uh, just uh, want to make other people vanish from the surface of the earth, um, if you are not a person indulging in bad ideologies like that, in um, fanatic interpretations of scriptures and fanatic interpretations of um, of tales and stories and then taking action that uh, are negative to other people or terrorizing other people or making other people live in fear, if you are not like that, that I believe you are not, because I believe good people listen to my podcast, um, then, you know, focus on your dreams, focus on your inner strength and 
in your authenticity. And so I wish uh, very well to everybody. And I hope that uh, all of this that I've said in this podcast, I know it has been a lot and it has been a long one, but I had to say it. So I hope that is of benefit for someone out there. And um, I send um, good wishes for everybody in the world. Happy Friday. Bye-bye now.